All right, so I got this email, and well, first of all, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Didn't mean to be rude and just jump into a story. Have a seat. Come on in. I'm glad you're here. I should have gotten some refreshments for you, but all I have is a story. Okay, so I get this email, and the email is from a publicist who's pitching me a band to be on the program, which is not unusual. This happens all the time, and uh, that's how we book guests. So this email comes through, and I'm a little skeptical. And I shouldn't be skeptical, but sometimes I default to that, you know, if something seems a little weird, I automatically, you know, I get a little bit suspicious. So the email is uh, about the rock band Bon Jovi, (laughs) which, you know, when the publicist refers to the band as the rock band Bon Jovi, I'm already thinking something's weird. Uh, But then again, maybe something's not weird. Maybe... Maybe I'm too skeptical, so I read on, and the email goes, Hi, Alex. Love the show, and we're curious to know if you'd like to book members of the rock band Bon Jovi onto Stereo Embers, the podcast. Well, I'd love to talk to Bon Jovi. I really would, but this didn't really seem like they were talking about the Bon Jovi you and I are thinking of. First of all, they spelled Jovi, uh, J-O-E-V-I. So I'm thinking, well, (laughs) maybe that was a typo. Or maybe all these years, that really is how you spell Bon Jovi. Maybe that's the real, uh, you know, old Italian spelling that was updated for the Anglo crowd. I don't know. Anyway, the email goes on and it says, just to give you a little background, Bon Jovi is a band that was formed in New Jersey in 1822. So, yeah, there's the the reddest of flags. I really don't think that Bon Jovi was uh, founded in New Jersey in 1822. So clearly, something is not right. And, uh, you know, this email is obviously not from the Bon Jovi camp. So uh, what I'm saying here is the members of the rock band Bon Jovi, at this point in time, will not be appearing on Stereo Embers, the podcast. But that's okay. I've got a great guest today, so who cares? So here... On the 200th anniversary of the existence of the rock band Bon Jovi. Jovi, welcome to our program. I'm Alex Green, and this is Stereo Embers, the podcast. Check this out. When you turn and walked away, you know I didn't see it coming. I try to find a way to set you straight and of my guest today on the program, Nora O'Connor. Let me tell you a little bit about Nora O'Connor. Nora O'Connor is nothing short of a musical force. The Illinois-born singer-songwriter's new album, My Heart, completes the hat trick that was started by her 1996 debut, Cerulean Blue, 
and continued by 2004's Till the Dawn. So you're probably wondering about the gaps in between. Eight years, 18 years. It's a fair question, so I'm going to give you a fair answer. Ready for this? Nora O'Connor is busy. Like, really busy. An in-demand singer who has toured and recorded with Nico Case, The Decemberists, Iron and Wine, Mavis Staples, and The New Pornographers, O'Connor's voice is one that everybody wants. So she'll head out on the road with The Decemberists or Mavis Staples, and she'll be fully immersed in that work. So it's not really easy to concentrate on her own. But COVID hit the pause button on touring, so at home with her family and an acoustic guitar, the demo started to come. And how'd they work out? Well, put it this way. My heart is a stone-cold killer. A truly riveting collection of affecting folk, rolling Americana, and devastating piano pop. Hard to pick favorites, but if I had to, my personal favorite is the aching album closer, Fare Thee Well. Gentle and woebegone country stomp at its very best. So yeah, Nora is very busy, but I caught her in between busyness for this conversation. So here you go, me and Nora O'Connor having a conversation right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast. Nico Case and with the new pornographers. So um, it's been great. I've just, I've been gone a lot and uh, touring with Nico and did a bunch of Canadian festivals with the new pornographers, just singing and playing percussion with them. And it's so much fun. I love it. I love it. And I'm about to go back out with Nico again. So I'm kind of in a really busy touring time right now. And it's not always like that, but that's where I'm at right now. So just go trying to go with the flow. Is there a moment where you go, holy cow, it's late August? Like, have, yeah. you, have you, does the calendar just whiz by? Yeah, I mean, I have uh, two kids. I have two teenagers that I just um, sent off to high school on Monday. And usually that's my favorite day of the year, but I've been gone so long. I, I kind of wish there was just a little more time with, with all the fam just around and laying around together. But off they go. Yeah. Yeah. And so your your job really does find you on the road. That's where that's where the business is. Um, you got to go door to door with this stuff, man. No one's buying records anymore. I know. I know. That's that's heartbreaking. Um, but it also makes me happy that a living can still be made. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how have the shows been? How pe- people are coming? People are coming. Yeah. I mean, some towns are weird. You know, I feel like I don't really know what it's going to be like as we head out for this September tour, but there's just these like little waves of, you know, selling out, but only 80% of the people come for one reason or another. Um, So it's a little weird out there right now, but, um, you know, we just try to keep our world really small and we kind of just stay together and we don't have after parties or after shows, or we don't really kind of 
meet up with friends as much as we used to, maybe like some outdoor walks. So we're all being really extra careful and taking care of each other. So there's a lot of like compassion involved with that. So, you know, it's it's just different. Yeah, it's sort of a far cry from the punk rock days of yes. right, get in the van and go and, and yeah, like fun finding the the game, you know, the game room with all the pinball machines at, at midnight, you know, that yeah. used to be the goal of the after show raging. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's a much more, um, much more, I don't want to say civilized, that feels like the wrong word, but there's a much more, there's much more order to it now because you have to be careful, you've got to safeguard. And we're a little older now, yeah. you know, yeah. we're, we're, we're the middle-aged rockers and we're not going anywhere. Like I don't see any of us stopping this anytime soon. So it's, it's just pretty inspired by my peers. Yeah. You and I are the same age. So I know what you're talking about. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> I think we're holding up. Okay. Heck yeah. Still vertical. <laughs> Still vertical. How is your, in terms of time for yourself, when you, when you get off the road and you finally make it home, does it make those moments that more precious and special? That sounds a little like a silly question, but in terms of like just being to catch your breath, being able to kind of go, okay, this is my space. It's the best. Sometimes it takes a couple days, but um, you know, that first day home, you know, that first like post tour trip to the grocery store where you just, where I just buy all my favorite things and I fill my fridge and I make a big dinner for my family. I'm always, you know, exhausted, but kind of um, being away from them. When I get back, I just want to be with them and make dinner and hang out and uh, really, um, yeah, be in the moment and be grounded. It takes a little bit of time. Sometimes I kind of float in a little slow from the road and sometimes I hit the ground running, you know, um, but coming home is the best part. Can you gauge what that re-entry is going to be like? Can you tell like, oh, this is going to be a tough one for me or? Um, it's It's been okay. My husband is amazing. And this is kind of what we do. You know, my kids are 14 and 16. And, you know, every couple of years, I'll take a job and take a tour with a band. Like I did December for a few years when my kids were a little bit younger. And, you know, we just kind of put our heads down and we do it and he gets in a rhythm with the kids and I go do this tour and then I come home and there's this kind of revenge parenting that happens where he disappears for a while. But um, yeah. uh, he's like, okay, see ya. Or yeah, Nora, we don't do that. We don't do it like that anymore. I'm like, okay, okay, that's fine. It's, um, you know, it ebbs and, and flows, uh, but we've we've got it we've got a little system and it's hard, you know, but it works. And as long as we're communicating, it's, it's okay. And we now have a title for his book, Revenge Parenting. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's done. <laughs> um, I would imagine if I was hanging out with someone at school and they're like, oh, my mom's on tour. I'd be like, wait, what? Tell me more. I wonder if your kids' friends know how cool you are. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. My kids are great, you know, and when they were younger, you know, I would kind of look at the tour schedule with like a fine tuned comb and my husband's a high school teacher. So, you know, he has the summer off. So I'm gone during the summer. We'll like, okay, I have a day off here and then two shows. So why don't you guys like come out to Boston and we'll spend a few days together in Boston. And 
So they've been, you know, they'll come meet me on the road sometimes, or at least they, they used to. We haven't done that yet because they're bigger now and they have jobs and sports teams and they have more going on in their own friends. Um, so I've totally forgot the question. What was the question? <laughs> I don't even, I don't even know either. I, we're just chatting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, now I'm just, now I'm just riffing, but, um, we try to make it work. And it's funny. I kind of feel like I get that question a little, not more often than like the dads who are on the road, you know, like the, the mom who's on the road, I get a little more, don't you miss your kids? And I'm not mm. saying you're doing that at all, but it's like, well, yeah, I fucking really miss them. Yeah. Um, and I'm tr just trying to do something here that I just feel really grateful. I feel really lucky that I can, I get to do both. And then I come home and, you know, some parents never have dinner with their kids or never get to be, see them off in the morning. So, you know, there's no, there's lots of different ways to do it, I'd say. It's interesting. It is a kind of gendered question. I didn't even think about that, where it's sort of like, did, did they ask John Bon Jovi if he misses those kids? It's like, <laughs> I don't know. It does. You're right, though. You're right. Yeah, it, it does feel that way. It's, it is a kind of, um, but I would imagine that you say no, probably to gigs, right? Where you go like, that's not going to work for our summertime frame, or that's just, in other words, you have to sort of become well boundaried to keep your sanity and to also be present in, in your home life. Yeah, I feel like I'm still in a place where I kind of have to say yes mm. to as much as I can. And um, it mostly has worked out or, or there's, you know, there's like some sacrifices. I've missed some birthdays and, um, <clears throat> um, but uh, yeah, um, I feel like kind of the older I get, the more I really have to think about is this, is this, really right for me and my family and my and my everything that that's happening in our world and but i mostly say yes because it's nico and it's the new pornographers or it's like iron and wine or it's you know like these these are projects i want to be involved with and i have a really supportive family so it's so far so good i'm a teacher too just like your husband so i know the rigors of that whole life and what there's you something your, what, what level I teach college English. Okay. So, and we go back next week. And I think there's something about the end of summer that makes me a little bit sad. I sort of get a little bit like, like bummed out. I wonder if because I'm, because I'm still in school in some weird way. Do you yeah. find that the, that the seasons, like you still feel those kinds of old impulses of like, oh, I'm kind of bummed out that summer's over or have you, have you, unlike me, grown up? <laughs> I don't know. I think, yeah, seasons, it's, it's change, it's transition. So it's always, it can be a little, you know, anxiety can, can come up for us. Right. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. End of summer is weird, but fall is my jam. Fall, I shine in fall. That's kind of where I get really energized. So it, it's like, there's a lit, there's a slump and then, and then fall comes and it's like kind of this new, but I have to kind of go through something to get to that. All right, let's roast some vegetables. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> let's roast some, yeah. Yeah, nothing says fall like the roasting of vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know, and I think also that there's been some really critical questions that have come up. You know, I don't want to say post-pandemic because we're really still in it. Um, yeah. But just fiscal questions where people I spoke to were 
very concerned about how am I going to put groceries on the table uh, if I can't play live. Like, in other words, that, and that seems like it's still kind of in the balance. Um, and there's a little bit of, uh, it's nerve wracking, I would imagine, because that is, speaking of bread and butter, that is where it all is taking place now. Um, is there is there a kind of anxiety around the future of live music? Do you feel like, okay, or how does that, how is that landing with you? I feel like it is starting to feel a little better, but it's still different. It's just different now. There's some, you know, even with, you know, I mean, if I get COVID today, I can't leave for tour on Thursday. Right. You know, so there's this kind of like underlying anxiety of of that 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 hangs out, and um, I just got to control what I can and and just 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 uh, yeah. Uh, it's just it's 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 different. It's different, but I'm finding like for my solo thing. I'm looking for different ways to do it. Like I want to play small spaces with intimate audiences, like in weird venues, like living room shows and yards and galleries and, you know, different kinds of, of spaces kind of mixed in with, with venues. But what I realized over COVID is that I don't miss getting to a venue at four o'clock in the afternoon and leaving at two o'clock in the morning, mm. you know, like seven to nine, let's go load in at five, sound check, make a set list, play a couple hours, you know, home by the 10 day weather forecast on the local news, you know? So that's kind of a dream gig for me, but, um, you know, but I'm doing different things. I'm doing my thing and then I'm kind of, observing what's happening in this kind of bigger space with bands like Nico and um, the new pornographers. So I have a really cool seat of different ways and different levels of how things are going down in the in the biz. And how do you create that space for your own um, your own work? So if you're if you're sort of in service to Nico or the new pornographers um, or whatever the gig might be, um how do you how do you find the space for your own stuff like how do you carve out that time to think about your own work i wish i could say i was a little more organized because um you know yeah it's like wearing two different pairs of pants but it actually this year looks really nice because i'm doing this nice uh tour with nico and then i come home at the end of september and my record comes out in october so I've created some space like in October, November to, you know, maybe run up to Madison and play a show and do some local events and um, um, do some fun things around Chicago, around the record release and stuff like that. So, and, um, you know, and then I don't know what next year is gonna look like. Right. I kind of need to kind of look at, you know what's happening and again it's maybe that's a time i say yes i don't know if i say yes or no to something but um um it's 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 a juggling act <laughs> i know it has to be right because it's sort it of is. like it's a balance yeah it's a balance and uh but so i can't look too far ahead like the next six months i can kind of have i can visualize it and it's looking okay. And um, so it's just one day at a time from here, you know, till then. 
Where does anxiety live for you? Is it is it projecting ahead and going, I don't know what's going to happen in the future? Like where for you do you get most anxious about things? Um well, you know, I think the world is heavy right now. And I have these teenage boys that I'm watching navigate the world. <laughs> so, you know, I've got parental anxiety um, where, you know, I, I just want my kids to just stay alive and, and, and thrive. And, you know, when I go to bed and everyone's home, I'm like, fuck yeah, we made it through another day. I'm, and then I kind of just hold on to that gratitude. And so, um, you know, and I, uh, yeah, so, and, and I, I was kind of nervous putting my own music out. It's been a long time. Mm. So the process making this record, um, I felt really vulnerable and, um, and, you know, I just kind of tried to hang out with that fear and anxiety while I was trying to make this record. Like, okay, I know you're there, but come along with me. And I remember showing up at the studio where I recorded with Alex Hall, who has a studio. He recorded a lot of my uh, stuff for this record, and he's the drummer in the Flat Five. And I showed up, and I and I just sat down on the couch, and I just started crying. And I was like, Alex, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't think I should do. <laughs> this it was just like this dread of who the fuck do I think I am making a record? He was like, no, no, it's fine. It's good. This is going great. Let's, you know, let's, let's keep going. And, and he was just so like light. And he also was like, I see people do this all the time, you know, people. And he named a couple names of people he's worked with. Like, oh, even that guy is scared, you know, or doubting himself or, um, and uh, so that was really reassuring, but I think it's important to say things out loud. So maybe you can hear how silly it sounds or just release it into the world and talk to somebody else about it. I think that's always a good idea. Did that release with Alex, did it surprise you that you, that you vocalized it, that you verbalized how you were feeling? Yes, because I wanted to just be a really positive force in the studio and like show up ready to go and ready to work and you know I wanted to be that but that day is like I, I can't be that right you know I'm not that so what would happen if I kind of told my truth yeah <laughs> what, you know and I did it really made me feel a lot better just to kind of release it and and he was just so light and great about it and understanding and, and uh, empathetic, so that was helpful.
was the vulnerability about? Because, because for me as a fan, right? I just hear, I hear nothing but confidence and I hear nothing but like uh, assuredness and one of my favorite voices in music. And I go like, you know, so to me, I can't, the listener doesn't know that, right? But for you, where is the source of that? Like, where's that coming from? I think it comes from, you know, just kind of old beliefs of, um, you know, maybe not trusting myself and my feel and like, what is, what am, what I'm, what I'm offering, maybe just not trusting. So the album was definitely an exercise in um, just trying to go with my gut and, and follow through and finish, finish, keep going, follow through you know um um so yeah just 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 a kind of an old old story you know childhood right like that little girl who whatever happened to her so it's you know that stuff kind of creeps up in us and i'm i i don't do it perfect every time but i i'm learning to not kind of get tricked by my my brain my thoughts i try not to believe myself all the time (laughs) Don't believe everything I think. (laughs) Right. Don't believe everything you think. I know. I know because sometimes those old wounds kind of speak up and it's like, but, but they're old. (laughs) They are old. They're not true, but there's, they're, they're mighty. Ooh, they're mighty strong. I know. I know. (laughs) I have my own series of them that show up now and again. Um, But I wonder, but there must've been that moment where, the vulnerability gave way to an artistic strength. Can you can you track that moment? Was there an instant where you went, I got this now? Um, I think, yeah, there was one song um, that I went into the studio. I wasn't too sure about it. And I showed Alex and Casey, Casey McDonough, who was playing bass, also a flat five member. So I'm playing guitar, Alex is playing around on the drums, Casey on, the acoustic or the 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 bass and I was like okay this is feeling okay and right before we were about to start recording the song I just walked over the piano and kind of worked I don't really play piano but I just kind of worked out the chords and started playing that um and then the song just went a totally different direction and Alex put some killer piano on I put a little piano on like I sang it Alex, you know, I sang it once, Alex played the drums once, Casey made up this, anyway, the song took a life of its own. And by the end of the day, it was this whole other thing. And it's almost like it had nothing to do with us. You know, the song just kind of said, this is how it's going to go. And I have just been longing for that kind of experience in the studio. And I had it that day. And and it's just such a strong, like super, um, it's a great memory for me. And it was a really great day. And and I'm grateful that I I can pull on that if I need to. It was a cool experience. It was like, it's kind of a spiritual experience. Even. Yeah. It's also nice to know that you can be artistically surprised that yeah. an unexpected thing happens that is like, holy cow. Yeah, it was so much fun. It was joyful. Joy, yeah. Yeah. How are you? I mean, my impression of you is that you are a great collaborator in the sense that you was the old thing they would say when we were in kindergarten, it works well with others, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
you strike me as someone who does. And you also strike me as someone who can take a note where you can receive a critical note and not take it personally and figure out how to insert that into the art and make it better. Or, or, or does it hurt a little bit when someone gives you a note? Just depends, you know, it depends yeah. where my ego's at that day, you know? Um, but um, yeah, for the most part, I've been working with a lot of the same people for a long time. And, and, you know, it's, I think I'm just starting to understand what, what I can bring to the table to make, like what I have to offer. I can't, like, I can't do what that person does. I can't do what that person does. And I don't know that I always knew that. I kind of always wanted to try to do things like other people um, in the past, but, um, um, but yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm just, God, I'm like 54 years old, but I'm just learning all, all the time, you know, like yeah. just, just, um, you know, just knowing what, what I have to offer, um, is, 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 is helpful. Then I'm not trying to pretend I can do something I can't, I can't do. And that's, um, you know, and that's where you try, you sing something and the lead singers or the other singers may be like, yeah, why don't you try something else? That's not working. It's like, okay, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right, you know. Um, I know I, I work with really, I work with grownups and, and yeah. you know, we go through con conflict, but ultimately the song is the boss and, and that's where we want to, we want to honor that. It's always in service to the song. Yeah, always. Yeah. yeah. Do you think being a young musician, a musician, say when you were in your 20s, and you didn't have this insight, right, and this wisdom that comes from sticking around and enduring? Because um, even for me as a writer, I learned things at 45, where I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> now I'm now I'm better than I was at 44. Um, and now I'm in my 50s, and I feel like I really have a grasp on my artistic identity, but it took 30 years to get there. Yeah. Takes a while. Um, <laughs> good God. So being, being a young artist, I mean, there's always weird exceptions, right? Like, oh, I don't know, the Beatles, <laughs> you know, where you go, how did you guys know so young? But um, being a young artist, listening to your work from say 30 years ago, can you hear an artist searching for that identity? Or do you feel that I don't know. Did, can you hear that in your work? Um, I think so. Yeah, it, it's kind of taking me back to when I was in the Blacks, which were a band on Bloodshot so yeah. back in the late 90s. And, you know, and back, I was so insecure and I was just like tripping over myself constantly. But there must have been a part of me that knew I that's where I was supposed to be. And that's where I was supposed to be doing, but I was definitely just falling down and getting back up and and feeling it's, you know, it took me a while to get comfortable in my skin and then for it all to align, you know, like which it which which it just kind of happens over time, even though there's still, I don't know, I'm just a human. I'm just a human. There's still times where, you know, I think I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> but um, but there's more times that I'm not, you know, that that guy doesn't win as much as he used to. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. And do you do you find that you are 
being self-critical of yourself, um, that it's a little more strategic now, instead of just saying like, oh, I'm, a ho I'm horrible, I have a piece of shit, whatever. But now that you are, you know, that you've, that you've had, had you know, this career has happened, it's unfolded, it's been, you've been around, um, that, your, that your self criticism can be more strategic in the sense that it's more, probably more useful than it may have been 20 or 30 years ago. Yeah. I think what's happened for me is that um, I spent a lot of the time in my 20s and 30s and into my 40s thinking I was supposed to be doing something else. Like always thinking like I was supposed to have this full-time job, just like the blue collar DNA that I come from. Like, and you know, I kind of got to the point and I was talking to my friend Scott Legan about this, and he was just like, okay, what if this is what we do? What if this is what we this is what we do and we don't do anything else? Like, I was like, yeah, this is what I do. This is what I do, you know, and um so, you know, I, it takes me a while to get there sometimes, but it's it's very clear. Like what? What I've been doing this for thirty five years. Right. <laughs> like, guess what? This is what I do for a living. You know, but um, but I had a you know I just uh, sometimes your family's like, what do you do again? <laughs> what what do you do again with your time? Um, as a job, what is it? What is it? You know, but they just don't get it, and they love me, and they they want me to you know be happy and and not be homeless and um. Uh, so yeah, I I'm just knowing that now. It just it kind of opens up like okay, what can I do with this to kind of keep it going in creative ways and you know and i mean i can't get in the van and start driving across the country like i can't get in the van and come home down four hundred a thousand dollars like i can't do that anymore you know i have to like i have to know what i'm worth and go out and try to you know get get work that um kind of aligns with where i am and what i can do so you cultivate your lane i guess so yeah yeah the the blue collar guilt i've never heard anyone say that before it's very interesting but the idea that you were thinking i should be i should be working a quote unquote real job right that like i should be selling real estate or doing whatever it was um instead of instead of doing this thing i'm doing but the thing that you're doing is like such hard work you're on the road it's like traveling salesman you're on the road you're out there bringing the the entertainment to the people um it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's as bad as hard of a work as I can, as I can think of. And so it's interesting how that was sort of being minimized in your, in your brain that you weren't doing the work. It's like, you know, you're doing the work. Yeah. <laughs> My God. <laughs> was your, was your family supportive of you entering into this career from the beginning? I, I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, I know they love me and then like, you know, they come out to shows and stuff, but I think they were just like, they didn't get it and were maybe kind of scared that it wasn't stable enough and it wasn't always stable enough. So there you go, you know? Um, but I feel like I have, you know, I don't know if I think too much about the future, 
you know, I get really overwhelmed. So, but if I try to just kind of do something every, every day towards something, um, it's a little easier. Just keep grinding, right? Just keep going. Grinding, but also, you know, it is a fucking hustle. It's a hustle and a grind. And it's, I, we went on vacation and I couldn't, I was still like emailing. Like, I, I still feel like I always, I always have to be doing something. It's hard for me to, to not do it. And I think a lot of people who are, are in freelance work might agree that it's hard to like, just take that, like take a day off. <laughs> Close your right. computer, take a day off, but you don't want to miss anything. What no. if somebody calls about the thing and the show and the place and the, the, the job and the studio and the interview and the like, you know, so um, it's a good thing. I like doing all those things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or like, I don't want to be forgotten. What if, what if today is the day people forget who I am? Yeah. Which is so crazy, you know. I keep thinking like I put a book out in 2020, and I keep thinking like I got to put one out in 2022 because everyone's gonna forget me. It's like no, I don't think anyone's waiting. I'll just put it out when I put it out. We're all too self-absorbed. Nobody's thinking about us. No one's thinking about. Everyone's us. just thinking about themselves. That's right. And that's totally. Sure. That's absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. It's. I, I heard Paul Simon say a couple of years ago that he would. He felt bad for young kids who are starting bands now. <coughs> just because of how hard things are. I mean, when you and I were growing up, it was like, you know, all the cool bands would show up on Letterman. And that's how, like, you know, that was like the delivery system of, and that's where I first heard REM, you know, in 84 or something. Um, and those avenues don't even, you know, just those avenues don't exist the way they used to, 120 minutes or <laughs> those kinds of things. Um, so I don't know if you if you are paying attention to what young bands are doing. Are you watching the scene? Do your kids have interest in music? Do you, would you be, would you, I'm sure you wouldn't discourage that, but but that would be certainly nerve wracking. Um, my kids are super musical. They don't play it, but they're like my son, I can play a D on the piano and he knows like he's got perfect pitch. He does it, he, he does plays in garage band, my other guy, I hear him singing in the shower. He sings like an angel, but they're not into music. But I am seeing some incredible music by young people. And it is so different and it's so cool. I'm even seeing like the 20 year olds, like Chicago, there's a place called The Hideout. And there's these, these young people put on this show called the Cosmic, Cosmic Country Show. And they're doing, you know, like when we were doing like, Emmy Lou and Graham Parsons. Now, like the younger gen, there's like a younger generation that are kind of like standing at the at the temple of of those older artists. And I'm just seeing a lot. I feel like a lot of the women around me, like my age, like we didn't have guitar lessons. We all taught ourselves guitar in our in our twenties, and like a lot of young girls, you know, have parents my age or a little bit older who are going to School of Rock and getting great guitar lessons. And there's some just shredders coming up. And I'm seeing a lot of women in production doing sound and lights and um, guitar teching. And um, it's it's pretty cool to see. Like there's more women on the crew on tours. I just saw the Decembers, like it was half, you know, there was just a ton of gals and a ton of guys and ton of people working, all sorts of people. and. Um, um, 
So I'm kind of excited about that. I feel like there's a confidence that the younger younger musicians have that maybe some of us didn't have, and I love to see it. Yeah, I just read about how a few weeks ago about Ted Nugent was attacking Joan Jett for, you know, who knows why. And I was thinking about Joan Jett and I was thinking about how singular she was when we were growing up. Like the fact that she even existed and did what she did yeah. um, is remarkable. I mean, now we've got a lot of examples of that, but at the time there weren't. I mean, mm -hmm. what, an, what an anomaly almost that she was. Great singer, great guitar player, great songwriter, totally, uh, you know, confident. And like, who was she looking up to, you know? So these women who are a generation in front of me are really like the pioneers, in, you know, of women in rock. Yeah, Joan Jett to me is the Billie Jean King of, of music, you know? She's so cool. Yeah, and so I think that, you know, again, keeping the company of someone like Nico or the Decemberists, um, certainly, and she's another one, by the way, her first record on Bloodshot, I was like, how can you be this good, this young? I remember when it first came out. Um, she's a really sneaky singer. She's really, really talented uh, in a very kind of subtle way. Have you learned a lot from just keeping her company? Yes. As a pal? A hundred percent. Yes. I love how professional she is and she's great company on the road. Um, and um uh, yeah, she's, I learned, it's like a master's class when I'm on tour with these people. I just learned so much from, you know, I learned a lot about different kinds of music and, you know, how to take care of yourself on the road. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a sponge. I, I try to like collect all this valuable and not so valuable, you know, like the guy who played guitar in Aztec Camera's name, which I don't remember, but these are the things I learn about. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Roddy Frame. Thank you. I knew yeah. you would know. You look like someone who would know that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it the same way. He knows all those, 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 all that awesome, useless information. Useful. But anyway, um, Nico's great. She's great. And like Kelly Hogan, great person to tour with. She's like Mama Bear and takes care of everybody. And Jenny Conley from the December is another great, great road buddy. So there's, yeah, I've been lucky. Your daily practice, like, are you, do you carve out the time to, uh, I don't want to say, I mean, practice might be the wrong word, but I think. It, I, I do. To... I practice. I got, hey. my base. I got my base set up behind me. I leave for a Nico tour on a week from, yeah, like next Thursday we leave. So right now, yeah, I spend, um, like, you know, I kind of have to just do what's next. Like I had a bunch of gigs with the new pornographers. So I was in new pornographers mode. And then I came home and I had some solo things and I was in solo mode. So I, I try to just do one thing at a time, like do the next thing. So I, I didn't even touch my base until a couple days ago after I was finished. So now I'm in Nico land and this is where I need to live for the next month or so. And it's my pleasure because I love it. And then when I get home, I'll shift back into Nora and do Nora for a while. And uh, I used to like try to like kind of juggle it all, but I just, I'm getting better at like, now you're doing this and then you're doing this. I try to keep everything in a compartment because I really do a lot of different things with a lot of different bands. So I got to keep, 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 keep it together. 
on the rare occasion that you do say no, is I know it's hard to do. When you when you do say no, does it kind of make you do you go? Oh, I wish I wish I'd said yes. Or are are you pretty committed to the no? I'm pretty committed. Like I gotta know. I gotta know what what my limits. You know, I need to. If something's too much, then um, no hard feelings. I just uh, I just can't do it right now. You know, sometimes it stings, but it's been a while since since that has happened. But um, yeah, it just depends. Before I let you go, I'm curious to know what your take was on the Joni Mitchell um, performance set at the Folk Fest. Did you get a chance to see that? I did. Yeah, I thought it was beautiful. I mean, Joni's the Joni's Joni's the queen, and um, you know, we've been we've been holding her up on a pedestal for a long time, and it's really nice to see these younger, you know, ladies just just kind of show respect and and spotlight, you know. Brandy Carlisle is so great at that with Joni Mitchell and with the Indigo Girls. She does, she know, the Indigo Girls who are also like, yeah. Um, so it's great to see Joni singing a little bit and and playing guitar. I mean, Joni can do whatever she wants. She can. She doesn't have to do anything. She's done. She's done her work, and we are forever in in just lucky to have everything she's given us and that was really sweet that was very touching i'm so excited that you did this show i'm so happy you're willing to do it. i know you're busy but i, I appreciate well, it we had a fun talk that was really nice thanks so much for having me alex There you go. Nora O'Connor, such a cool person. I love that chat. I love her album. Please get it. Do yourself a favor. Hey, I'm thinking, you know, we're entering into the holiday season. Stocking stuffer? Maybe pick up a copy of My Heart and find a way to stuff it into a stocking. Will it fit? I don't know. You'll make it fit. You'll figure out a way. You've got like six or seven weeks to figure it out, and I know you will. NoraO'ConnorMusic.com is where you need to go to find out what's happening with Nora. Pick up her music there. Look at tour dates. See what's going on. Two N's, by the way. If you type in one N, that's a whole other Nora O'Connor. I don't know who that person is. Maybe she's a realtor in uh, Portland, and you're going to find yourself buying some property in the Pacific Northwest. Well done. But all I really want you to do is buy an album, which is so much cheaper than property in the Pacific Northwest. So... Two ends. AlexGreenOnline.com is where you need to go to find out what's happening with me. There will be a new book coming in uh, 2023, so get ready for a lot of talk about that. From me on my show, you know, narcissism at its very best. BombshellRadio.com is where you need to go to find out what's happening with our radio station. There's always stuff going on with us, so do check that out. Follow me on Twitter. I think I'll be on Twitter for a little while longer. Elon Musk freaks me out. But for now, at Ember's Editor is where you can find me or on Instagram at Ember's Podcast or just email me, editor at StereoEmbersMagazine.com. Stereo Embers, the podcast, is available on all podcast platforms. Go to the one that you use, subscribe, 
rate and review. Tell all your friends. Thank you to infinity. Let's close the show with a longer listen to Soar from Nora O'Connor's fabulous new album, My Heart. Enjoy it, and thank you as always for listening to Stereo Embers, the podcast only right here on Bombshell Radio. When you turn and walked away, you know I didn't see it coming. I try to find a way to set you straight and I, I drank too much and ended up. 